Nate does the majority of the preaching, but there's a lot of other gentlemen, men that are part of this church that come in and preach as well, and I'm one of those. So, uh, good morning. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I'm excited to, to share this word with you. So, um, if you were here last week, Nate, Nate preached on blind guides. Uh, started in Matthew 15 is where he, he was at and kind of stayed there for a while, but just the idea, um, looking at some of the, the passages in, in Matthew and Matthew 15, the idea of uh, just be, be guided by these, these people, and in this case, in, in his sermon, the Pharisees, and um, Jesus calling them, them blind guides, that they, they had no idea that the, the blind would lead the blind and fall into a pit, right? Um, I wasn't here for that message, unfortunately, but I did get the chance to listen to it. Uh, we record all of our messages. They're, they're available on our website. So I was able to, to listen back to, to Nate's message, and I'll tell you, it was a good one. Uh, they most, for the most part, they almost always are, but that, that was a really great message. But in listening to that, I felt like, I felt compelled to maybe just add to it a little bit. Rather than start a whole other and a whole other topic, I felt like maybe I could, I could just add a little bit more to that message, and, and mainly add to it more so for the purpose of, of maybe even getting to the younger generation. And something that I see that happens a lot, both within the church and outside the church, that, that people struggle with, that is actually, it's a, it's a big stumbling block for them, um, and it's, it's a barrier between them and Christ. Um, and again, I see it all the time. I see it both in the church, inside the church, and outside the church. And it's becoming more and more prolific. Um, they talked about traditions, how the, the, the traditions of men and how they, they would nullify the written word of God. And let's go to Isaiah. We'll start in Isaiah 55. So Isaiah 55.8 is where we're going to begin for the 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 topic of this. When I think about the Word of God, and the idea of listening to God. When we think about the idea of listening to God, really taking His Word serious, Isaiah 55, 8 is a darn good place to start. And this is what it says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, this idea that's presented here is that God's ways, God's thoughts, are one, different than ours, and two, higher. He's the God of all time, the creator of the heavens and the earth. The one that is and always will be. 
So his thoughts are so much better than ours. His ways are so much better than ours. But as I look throughout the church, looking at the word itself, I see a conflict between the two. When I look at the modern church, today's church, and the new age church, let's call it, I see an even bigger issue. I see I, the letter I. The problem begins with I and ends in I. And when, I'm, when I look at people my age, maybe even a little bit younger, Gen Z or whatever generation they are, when I look at this, this up-and-coming generation, see it even, I see it more and more prolific. I see it not only in the world, but also in the church. I, I feel, I see, I think, I. But I, I isn't God, is it? I is man. And I isn't God's ways. I isn't God's thoughts because his are different than I. So and thinking about this and going over this and, and reading these, these different passages, to me it, it seemed quite evident that it really is a, a stumbling block and a big issue. And the purpose of this message is to shed light on that. To help you recognize it, to see it, maybe do something about it. Maybe if it is an issue and you just don't know it, you'll change your mind. Maybe it'll be a paradigm shift. So let's go to Ecclesiastes 5. It's right after Proverbs, Ecclesiastes 5, one book after. 5 1. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they are wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. And coming up here and preaching the Word, it is absolutely crucial. Actually, I'm held to a different standard in preaching the Word. It is absolutely crucial that what I say is truth. Crucial that what I say is truth. For me to come up here and to mislead you in any way, that falls on me. And what it's saying here is that to keep your mouth shut and your ears open. So when my kids are being loud and maybe obnoxious and I need to get their attention, I say, can I have your ears? Can I have your ears, kids? And they know that when I ask for their ears, they're to stop what they're doing, stop talking, stop thinking, stop fidgeting, and to listen. That's what God is saying. Be quick to listen. Why? Is because it says here, let me get to it. I'm sorry. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So when I heard that phrase, my, my mind instantly went to 
And it's, this is an extreme example, but my mind instantly went to Ben Shapiro. Who knows Ben Shapiro here? A few of you. Good. So who, those who don't know Ben Shapiro, he's a conservative debater, let's call him. Um, an influencer type. I check in every once in a while to maybe get a little dose of common thought. But it's really kind of interesting to kind of hear what he has to say sometimes, right? Again, very conservative, maybe a little bit of logic in there. But Ben Shapiro, and the reason this came to mind is because it was so outlandish, it's also a very, um, I think it's an accurate representation of where the world is on earth. Ben Shapiro uh, was reviewing a TikTok. Who knows what TikTok is? Okay, TikTok is a social media platform that people put stuff on there, all kinds of crazy stuff, whatever they want, mostly about them. So he's reviewing this and he's giving his comments. There is a man, transgender man, on there that's acting to be a woman. And this is what this man says about himself. He says, my pronouns are she, her, them, and your grace. My eyes are tattooed. My nose is a piercing. I identify as a threat, a nightmare, and as a goddess. So please bow down to me. I don't believe in God. I don't worship the devil. But I am a Satanist, which means I am my own God. And I worship myself. <laughs> right? Holy cow! I wouldn't want to be within 100 feet of that person because lightning's going to come down. No joke! Oh, it makes your gut turn. That is an extreme example, mind you. But it's an example of the world today. And the world to come. And for that, when we look at that, the world has that influence on the church. Unfortunately, it does. It shouldn't, but it does. That thought, that I, I am my own God, I worship myself, so bow down to me. I am born a man, but I feel like I am a woman. So I am. That's the world, and unfortunately, it has influenced the modern church. Another, um, another little example that's a little less extreme, selfies. Selfies, right? Who here remembers a time that we didn't have a phone with a camera on it? Why are you guys not raising your hands? There was a time that phones didn't have cameras. There was a time we didn't even have phones. So when we would go somewhere or see something or do something, we would maybe take a picture with like a DLR. I'm aging myself even a little bit. Like a normal camera. And later we would take that and then we would develop the film or take it to somewhere and have it developed and we would look at it and put it in a shoebox and and like sit with the family later and open up the shoebox and go over old pictures. But now, uh, we went to Yellowstone a few years ago and 
uh, went out to one of the overlooks, and there were people that would come up to the overlook. Beautiful scenery, right? Yellowstone, big waterfalls, awesome. They're just roaring the big waters, just making all this noise, just have all this power. They would walk up to the little fenced-in area that was the overlook, and they would go like this with their little selfie stick. They wouldn't even look. They wouldn't even look. I'm looking at you now, but they wouldn't. They, would even, they wouldn't even look at it. They would look at their phone at themselves at the view, take a picture, and they would walk away. Selfies. If we, if we really want to take a look at where we are in the world, selfies. If we take a picture of ourselves with a little image of the view in the background. That's where we're at. Again, unfortunately, that's, that, that culture has started to infiltrate the church. And again, I think from my perspective, what I see in this younger generation is a whole lot of I and not a lot of him. Let's go to Isaiah again. Isaiah 66. Trying to think of where I'm at here. I'm sorry about that. So as I as I wrestle, man, I, I don't even want to put it that way. As we look at this together, as we look at this subject and this topic together, as we as we look at the scriptures and as a maybe. You're starting to get an idea and a picture of what's going on out there and around us. Maybe you've noticed it. And I hope, I hope the older folks, I, I don't want to age anyone or put anybody inside of a box, but I hope the older folks can, can relate. They've probably seen this in their lifetime and, and witnessed their, their kids and grandkids and then and this change. But more so for the younger guys and gals, being able to recognize that that's out there and what, what it is and what it looks like and the damage that it's causing, right? Because you're the change. You're the change. You're the difference. You're, you're, the, you're what's left to, to change the culture and really our church culture and the, the next up-and-coming generations. I hate to put it on your shoulders, but that's, that's now your job. It's our job to teach you. It's your job to, to actually go through it and, and change it. So I hope that makes sense. And I, I hope that that has some, a little bit of, of weight. So on to Isaiah. Again, just struggling with this concept a little bit, but when we when we look at popular culture and who these people are looking to, they, they look to the popular, they look to the rich. Um, we have a, an, a, an example of that, and we see it in, in 1 Peter 33. I'll get back to Isaiah. We see it in 1 Peter 33, or 3, 3, and the church of Corinth. This, this idea of I or, or me isn't really a new idea. It's just more prevalent now, I think. But we look at the church of Corinth. And in, in 1 Peter 3.3, 3, 
it's talking about outward adornment, uh, fine clothing, elaborate hairstyles, and wearing of, of gold jewelry and, and, and uh, fine clothes, right? That, that it shouldn't be from the outside, it should be from the inside. And where that really actually stems from is Corinth was a very wealthy city. It was a, it was a shipping hub. There was a lot of money that moved through that city. And because of that, people were wealthy. They, they showed they were wealthy by, by adorning, adorning themselves in gold and fancy things. And they would come to the church, right? These women would come into the church with, with crazy hairstyles and wearing jewelry. And it wasn't, it wasn't to look nice. It was to say, I'm here. Here I am. I'm here in the church. Look at me. Look at me. Right? And that's, we see this example of, we see this example of, of, of these people doing this quite some time ago. That me, look at me. And what First Peter is saying here is, it should be inward, not outward. So as we go to Isaiah 66. Isaiah 66.2 Has not my hand made all things and so they come to being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I took on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit. And who tremble at my word. But whoever sacrifices a bull is like one who kills a person. Whoever offers a lamb is like one who breaks a dog's neck. Whoever makes a grain offering is like the one who prevent, pre- presents pig's blood. And whoever burns memorial incense is like one who worships an idol. Whoever set, Sorry, let me go back. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and those who tremble at my word. See, what God wants in a servant, what God wants in a person that does his work is a person that trembles at his word. And this goes back to Nate's sermon. This goes back to the word itself and really why we hold the Bible and the the letters and the, the words here so in such high regard, because it's, it's, it's the Word of God. It's His. It's His voice. He's telling us how to live. He's telling us how we should be, what He expects of us. He's telling us who He is. He's telling us this is the road to salvation. He's telling us everything we need to know right here. Right here in this Word. And I hate to beat a dead horse, and I'm sure you've heard it before, but this is where it's at. 
And in here, when we review this, when we look at this, when we read this, when we, when we study this, when we meditate on this, it's really, really difficult. It's really hard to think about all the things that we are. It's really difficult to say I. Because the only place I find I, myself in here, is that I am saved by the blood of Christ. I'm not. I am not an Isaiah. I'm not there. I'm not there. I'm at the end here. When I look at God's grace and mercy and love and how He has, what He has done for me, not that I deserve it, but what He has done, that's where I get to come in. It's a toxic idea in the church today, this, this belief of I. And, and really, if you think about it, I can separate. It really causes a lot of contention. And I think we see that now when we look at churches, right? We see a lot of people that bounce around quite a bit. Not because they disagree with the doctrine, but maybe because the worship isn't the type of music they like to hear. Not because of what's being sang or said, but because maybe it doesn't, it doesn't sound as good. Or maybe the building's old. Or maybe the building's too new. Maybe the pews are uncomfortable. I don't like the music. I feel like the pews are uncomfortable. I, when we start interjecting I, now we have all these topics of contention. They are worthless. Worthless. They have no value. I don't like this. I feel this way. It's not about, I don't agree with that doctrine because it's wrong and I can back it up. It's right here. I don't agree with it. I can, I can show you why. When we put I in there, now we have a new set of problems. And I'm seeing that. Have you seen that? Yeah, and I think a lot of the older folks can say, well, yeah, there was a time when it was about the church, but now for some reason it seems to be about the individual. Just to hit home a little bit closer, and I'm guilty of this, there's probably some folks in here today that came in thinking about I. Thinking about ourselves, right? What can God do for me today? What am I going to hear that I like? What benefit will I get out of this today? Don't get me wrong. I am here to help and to serve this congregation. That is my job. We are all here together to help each other. That's why we are here together today. We are here for each other, not solely for ourselves. There's nothing wrong with getting filled, with getting your cup filled. Nothing at all. Don't hear me say that. I think that, I hope that you leave here today with your cup filled. But just to come in for the purpose of you is not the point of a Sunday service. It's not. It's not. 
And I see that as popular church culture. That's why I see 10% of the people doing the work and they're 90% coming in. That's why. That's why. People are meeting, they're not gathering, they're not eating together, they're not praying for each other, they're not loving on each other. It's because it's about me. We hired a preacher, we put our money in the box, he's got a job, he better do it, I better just show up and have it done for me. And I hope that if I'm offending you, I'm doing it in love, because I love you. But that's the truth. We even look at Ephesians 5, right? Ephesians 5 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. That's even in, the, the, in marriage. Christ is saying, love your wife more than yourself, dude. Love your wife more than yourself. You remove I from that? When you love your wife, it means you love yourself. And when you take I out of that scenario, and there's no more, more longer, there's no longer I, you know, I love her, but she's hard to love. I love her, but she's hard to love. So I just can't be here anymore. I can't be with her anymore. I gotta, I gotta leave her. There's a lot of I there, but when you look at her and you say, I love her because God wants me to, and He put us together, and I am going to stay here and I'm gonna love her, and you get gratification and joy out of loving someone else and watching them just love you right back. Even in our married life, God is saying it's not about you. It's not about you, dude. It's not about you, ma'am. It's about me. And when you love me first, everything else will be pure joy and amazing. It won't be easy, but it'll be awesome. Because I am awesome. I am in heaven. My ways are better. The Bible talks about one of mine, right? We look at one of mine in Philippians 2, 2 Corinthians 13. How the church should be united in one of mine. It's tough to be one of mine when you're wanting to get I out of the scenario when it's I. It's tough to be united as a church when we're thinking about ourselves. Right? So again, we, it's just another example. But Nate told me once, when learning how to do this and preach a little bit, you, you got to tell them this way, and 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 this way, and this way. And as I read through this subject, that's, exa- that's exactly what God's doing here. 
this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. It's not about you. 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 He says the church will be of like mind. And again, we look at the modern church and we see I. And there's all this contention over stupid things, non-important things. Don't get me wrong, there's should be contention over important things, and there's many of those. But non-important things we see all root from I. You can't even be united as a church if you're worried about I. To put a pin on this, let's check out 2 Timothy 3. I'm going 3 1. Listen to this. If you want to gain some insight on the trajectory of things and where we are and how good God is, check this out. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient, to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good. And it keeps going. We're getting there. We're getting there. I think it's going to get worse. But we're getting there. Man, I'll tell you, if there's any insight, that if the church should avoid anything, it would probably be terrible times to come. Dot, dot, dot. People will be lovers of themselves. We better not represent that. We should be counter to the culture. Counter-cultural. Because that's where the culture is going. We look at examples with like Ben Shapiro and all that. You see it. It's going right that way. We should be going the other way. What's the opposite of lovers of ourselves? I'm asking. What's the opposite of lovers of ourselves? Yeah. Lovers of others. Lovers of God. Lovers of Christ. So I told you I'd put a pin on it, but I don't think I'm done yet. So let's go one more down. Let's go to Philippians. Philippians 2. Okay, so 2-1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in His, par- in His Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and, in, and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking at your own interests, but each of you of the interests of the others. That's what Christ is calling the church to. That's the culture we should harbor here. And that's what I'm asking of you today. That as you finish out communion as you leave this room, that you are just reminded that you are called 
to love and to be selfless. Just like Christ was. Just like Christ was. The problem with I is we all have an I. Every single one of us. But we need to deny that. Make ourselves holy, pure, selfless, loving. Amen? So I have some exciting news. Uh, my wife's not here today, but that's not exciting. <laughs> um, she is in Texas. I couldn't tell you what part, several parts of Texas, I guess. She made a trip out of it, but uh, she went down to Texas because her older brother has been studying for some time now and has decided to be baptized. He's decided to give his life to Christ, to be buried with him and be risen with him. And that, that's an amazing thing. We're really excited for him. That's happening right now as I speak. And um, it's awesome to witness. And it's, and it's worth celebrating, right? So if I can, I'm just going to leave you in prayer. Um, who's got uh, communion? All right, Jared. All right, well, just take a minute. Let me uh, pray, and then we'll ask Jared to come up. Heavenly Father, I, I humbly come before you. I, I, I come before you just to, just to ask that your, your word, your, your love, your, your grace, just, just fall on us and just weigh on us. and Just remind us, Lord, how, how awesome it, you are. Lord, I, I ask that the words that we looked at today, that the, the verses and the passages, that, that they're clear, even if I couldn't make them clear, but they're they are clear to these people. Lord, we're, we're thankful. We are so thankful for your son Jesus and his bloodshed, his bloodshed for us. You are a loving God. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.